0: Hey Paral Pals, it's Craig here, editing this episode. Normally this is where you would get a spoiler warning for the events of the film, but it's so last year. How about a spoiler for the episode itself instead?
1: I think for the last two seasons we probably haven't been, had many plans involving Pooh. So maybe well, that's something I don't know.
0: Don't it's all gonna change tonight. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry about that. laughs>
1: Hello, I'm Adam and you are listening to Diabolical Evil Schemes Done Better, a podcast where four long-suffering friends dissect film's most dastardly schemes then try to improve them. This week we shall be trying to improve on the villainous plot of Indonesian action thriller The Night Comes For Us. So, stand by for action, anything could happen in the next 60 minutes, and let's get diabolical. Isn't that Stingray? Yes! Good, I'm glad you got the <laughs> reference. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, just try- I'm just using, last week it was Gladiators, the one I did. Oh yeah. And I thought, oh, may- maybe I'll use like introductions to famous TV shows all the way through the season, <laughs> perhaps longer.
0: So then at the end, can we sing Aquamarina? Ooh, yes,
1: yeah. of course, yeah. I think people will be a bit confused, thinking, why are they saying that? <laughs> we'll
2: just tell them that the, sh- that the submarine was built in Indonesia. Yeah, that's probably not a lie. <laughs> Stingray
1: was Indonesian, yeah. Welcome to this week's episode. We have got a blood-soaked, bone-breaking gore festival show for you. So let's get started with the opening question. What's your most favouritest, gory scene from a movie? And we'll go with Craig.
0: Hi, Peril pals. Craig here. There's a scene in this that reminded me of my favorite gory scene from a movie. I don't like much else about the movie, but it's in Rambo when he gets on the back of a a truck with a a machine <laughs> gun mounted on it and shoots the <laughs> driver to pieces, <laughs> pieces,
3: and a fine mist yeah. of blood.
1: I love Rambo. It's a good film. Is that was that on the the latest one of the latest Rambo's the one where he's got the fifty cal number four. It was the one from like.
0: Two thousand and nine or something. Yeah, the fourth yeah, one after
3: yeah. um, after Rocky Balboa came out, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that was the, that was the thing because Rocky Balboa came out, and I thought that's brilliant. It's like a return to classic Rocky. And then Rambo came out. I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Uh, but it did yeah. have Julie Bend in it, which was a nice surprise. It did, didn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: Yeah, it was always nice to see a, a old favorite pop up in a film. Andy Man from Twenty Four, and it was
3: just ridiculously gory. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. It was, well good.
1: <laughs> it was really good.
2: Uh, ben? Well, being the teetotal killjoy I am, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of gory films. Oof. Oof. <laughs> but Oof. I've got two scenes that stick in my mind from childhood. One yeah. is the bone break in the arm wrestle in the fly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Being particularly <laughs> yeah, nice gross. Mm. And yeah. then the other, and I can't tell you what film this is, but there used to be a guy who would come round our street in a van, like a video <sighs> van, and you'd rent videos off him. Yeah. Right. And we rented one video one time. It was kind of like a teen horror. And it's these friends, they end up going around a haunted house and they get split up. And then one friend finds another friend, but this friend has been crucified and there's a huge cavity in his chest. Mm. And the the friend who finds him tries to to help him off the cross, but ends up just untying the cross and it falls to the ground and slams slums the guy to the ground like and Bobby he's got Dabra. dust in his chest cavity and he's screaming. Like Bobby so friend... Davro, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bobby Davro so... falls over it on stage.
2: A bit like that, yeah. <laughs> and so the friend right winches them back up and looks for something to yeah. clear the dust, sprays this water bottle on them, and the friend yeah. starts screaming, screaming. And then they he like dusts the the water bottle and just says vinegar on it. It's always stayed in my <laughs> Jesus mind. Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> That Sounds familiar, but I wouldn't. I don't remember what film it is. Does not ring a bell.
0: Well, Peril Pals, yeah. If you know what film that is, right?
1: It it's uh, on the back of a postcard to uh, yes. diabolical <laughs> evil sleeves the better, please. P.O. Box, Box 111 Satan Street. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, uh, the best,
3: the best, the best. Hello, the best, the best, the best here, your reigning champion, and my favorite, of course, scene. First one that leapt to mind because. There's a lot to pick from. There's a heck of a lot. Oh, mm. heck of a lot. Oh, but I plumped yeah. for Ooh. the scene in Cabin Fever, Oof. where one of the female characters is shaving her legs, and she just takes all the flesh off her leg oh. as she's scraping oh, the yeah. razor blade up as they start Jesus. to become infected with the flesh-eating disease. But that, that's a yeah, really that's good, terrible. One.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is.
3: Pretty, uh, group Good yeah. film, Cabin Fever. I haven't seen it for a few years.
0: Yeah. 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 Eli Ross does some decent torture go porn, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Mm. The eyeball in um, Hostel being a, yeah. a lingering yeah. memory. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't care if I ever watch that film ever again. No, and I'll never see it again. It. <laughs> <he's got> it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the eyeball yeah. in Un Chien, Andalusia is pretty gross as well. The old yeah. film that Dali and the Dadaists did in the 20s. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, isn't it a sheep eyeball oh. or
3: something? Something like that. A sheep or a bull. Yeah, you, you cinephile.
2: They slice it and bees come out. It's gross. Yeah.
3: Oh wow. Charming. It's very unrealistic.
2: <laughs> I do like the bit where they're dragging a cow across the across the floor with a rope. For no reason. It just appears. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. <laughs> <It's> very Dadaist.
1: <laughs> and my pick comes from Peter Jackson's Braindead, where yeah, Lionel uses a lawnmower up to lawnmower to <laughs> right, yeah. to kill a load of zombies, and yeah. the amount of blood and guts everywhere yeah. is <laughs> insane. It's 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 always been probably my most favourite gory scene. But he, afterwards, he's done it. He's like slipping about on all of stuff as well. It's yeah. great. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. It's a fantastic film as well. So, yeah, yeah if you've yeah. see, not seen that, very funny. Yeah. you're wasting your life. So,
2: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: Hurling an ashtray into an opponent's face from across the room and using a children's <laughs> toy jammed into some geezer's eye. <laughs> yeah, or mayor. Revels in its bloodlust and its cravings for cinematic judgment of the films of 2018. So, can I have a yeah or mere for the following films, please? Hereditary.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Fucking love
1: Hereditary. It's a horrible, kh- kh- spine tingling film. Gaz, the best, the best, the best
0: is a wonderful oh. fellow who's yes. been trying <laughs> to get me to watch Hereditary. For a few years, yeah. and I still haven't got around to it. Oh, to you should! Oh, you should! I also haven't yet watched Insidious, which I've been I've been meaning to. That's, That's good. really good uh, as well.
1: I really like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Hereditary and Insidious—they're they're two films that stay with you for for the haunting aspect. They've both got they're both really really creepy, and there's just yeah. something all the way through it. It just feels like somebody's like blowing on your neck all the way through it.
0: And they belong to the same genre, in my. Head and Will until I watch them both, which is recent horror movies with uh, polysyllabic one-name titles. There's, there's a whole, yeah. there's loads of them, isn't there? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's got the sinister, hereditary, yeah. insidious. There's Montesaurus. Um, oh, oh, Th- so- <laughs> dictionary. <laughs> that other one that James
2: one did
3: with the um the brain monster. Spoiler. Ah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, what's it called? Bloody hell. Uh, Fast X. X <laughs> Shitbox.
2: <is>. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've never yeah. seen it, if you're interested. No. Uh, <laughs>
1: I'm not sure if you'd enjoy it either, to be honest. <laughs> it's very good for people who like <laughs> that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, perhaps uh, something you should probably avoid. Uh, a star is born
3: haven't seen, it. I Never I haven't seen, seen it. it. Never seen it. Never seen
1: it. It's really good. It's really good. I, I watched it with very low expectations.
2: Which
0: version? We talked about this in a previous episode because yeah. I asked Turner if he'd seen any of the previous versions of it and he said that he hadn't. Just the Gaga one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But
2: there's about 17 versions of it, right? I think there's four. Yeah. The,
1: the, the Bradley Cooper, yeah. uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gar- Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> a Quiet Place.
2: Yeah.
0: I haven't seen that either. Yeah, Never seen bit- it. Ah! Yeah.
1: Oh, it's good. I haven't yeah, seen that, it's...
0: and I haven't seen whatever the is it the Bird Box or some shit with Sandra I've Bullock never, in it. Never bothered watching that one. Uh... Yeah, that's not a
1: good Bird Box. It's uh, all right. Maybe it's not,
0: but it's Sandra Bullock, isn't it? I oh, do watch yeah. anything with Sandra
2: Bullock I mean, it. Once she's got it on the tree, it's pretty smooth sailing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that does happen if you're making a joke. No, I think that you. happens in the film. All right.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is, and I'm pro- probably going to say another, another film. Probably you two haven't seen now. Uh, that me and the best of the best best have definitely seen. Upgrade. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, baby.
0: We talked about it because it's made by the same guy as the Invisible Man, right? Yeah, Levanell.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I haven't watched it. Yet. Yeah, I've oh. never seen oh. it. I saw Johnny Mnemonic. If that
3: helps, that does help. I still love that film. I wonder whether it's aged. Yeah, well. it's really, really, really good. Dolph Lundgren as the priest is amazing. Yeah, like Jesus coming out with yeah.
1: his fucking crucifix hands. <laughs> I thought that was generally accepted as um, Keanu Reeves' low watermark for for career. <laughs> People hate it, but I always used to love it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> everything's Keanu Reeves' low watermark to somebody. The best, the best, the best didn't even like fucking Speed. So what can you say? <laughs> I, I think Ben didn't as well. So, no, I didn't. I didn't. didn't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was part of shite. <laughs> <laughs> we have also featured a 2018 film previously, Black Panther, all the way back in episode 19. Why not listen to it after this episode? It's a bloody good one, I tell you. The Light Comes For Us is written and directed and produced by Timu Tahajanto and sees the Raid stars Joe Taslim and Iko Uais reunited, this time as old friends turned adversaries. As reformed protagonist Ito seeks to protect a young girl after a village massacre, an antagonist Aryan strives to replace him as one of the Triad's elite 6Cs. What follows is one of the most brutal and bloody action flicks I have ever seen. The Night Comes for Us started life as a screenplay, then in 2014 it was adapted into a comic form, then overcoming half a decade of financing and pre-production hurdles to finally make it to film and was released on the 19th of October 2018. The film received generally good reviews with Variety saying it boasted some of the most Inventive, gory, and dazzlingly choreographed screen violence in recent memory, and with a Rotten Tomato score of 91% based on 33 critic reviews. It's a film that soon grabs you by the neck, straps you down, puts matchsticks under your eyelids, and refuses to let you look away in an adrenaline packed two hour thrill. But before we get into the film, I have several questions for you all. My lord. Craig, yeah. if this film was a cake, what kind of cake would it be?
3: <laughs>
0: if this film was a cake, what kind of cake would it be? Yeah. It would be... Stop for time. Don't interrupt me. I'm. I'm He's <laughs> oh, playing
3: it's,
2: for it, more it's...
0: time. Play <laughs> with me. I've got a cake it could be. <hourly> <laughs> I've got a cake it could be. It would be a devil's food cake.
1: Ooh. Well, you're in the right ballpark. It's actually uh, Red Velvet Cake because I was thinking that. That's what I was, was Oh, well done. Well done you two. But you're all in the right ballpark area. So I'll give you like a <laughs> a, a bonus point, imaginary point that we'll probably never keep track of, but it, it was good. Ben. I'm free. Julia Stells' character, the operator, was initially scripted to kill her rivals when they try to call directory services with a high-pitched dial tone. True or false?
2: Well, judging by the name, you'd say that has to be true?
1: It is true. That's very well done, yes. yeah. It was only canned after test screenings caused audience members' ears to bleed. So, yeah, they have to get rid of it. Really? choice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Would you be, of course, not the best of best? The nonsense questions. Did you not hear the, the first one?
1: <laughs> it sounded vaguely plausible. What? <laughs> if you like that one, you are going to love your question then. The best of the best of the best. Yeah. The butcher's shop in the film... Johan the Butcher, was an actual butcher shop that supplied the film with its meat and blood for the fight scenes. True or false? Um,
3: False. It's actually the butcher shop that Rocky trains in, and it's in Philadelphia in the United States of America.
1: No, it's actually true. And the set was regularly swept so the remnants could be used in film-branded food items. Uh, (laughs) Have you triad our steak? was just one of them, (laughs) along with 6C Sausage and, of course, Boy Bobby. (laughs) Anyway, enough of all that. What did we think of the film? Ben, as someone who's a bit averse to the old blood and gore, did this film have you on an adrenaline high or turning away in horror?
2: Somewhere in between, to be honest. It was a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. On one hand... You've got like, the gangster trying to escape his past story that felt a bit played out. And the rivalry between Ito and Aryan, I felt got lost in the confusion of keeping track of who's trying to kill who. And then the hyperviolence that, for me, didn't really serve a story. But then on the other hand, you've got the mesmerising fight choreography. And then I'd say, probably my highlight, the equally inventive cinematography. I mean, some of the tight shots in particular... Just so creative. The one that springs to mind is where the fella's shooting the shotgun and you, the camera's just off the side of it, but it's really okay. tight on him. But there was examples all the way through, these really, really nice creative shots. So overall, it gets a, if you like your violence with a side-serving of blood and guts, and you're not too fussed about compelling stories, then this movie is for you out of five.
1: And that's out of five. Lovely. Five. Thank you very mm. much. Uh, the best of the best of us. We've um, spoken briefly about this on a couple of occasions, and I think we're, all, we're probably going to say similar things about it. I would imagine so, yeah. Yes. I think it's a lot yes. of fun.
3: The very definition of bone crunching action this film, if you get a dictionary that has phrases in it, a phrase-ionary uh, bone crunching action, <laughs> <laughs> it will have a photo of this film next to it um yeah which there's 24 frames a second so you're not getting very much film for your for your money there in (laughs) fairness but it is just a phrase after all like ben was saying the camera work is the main thing that i took from it this time the way that the cameraman is almost a participant in the fight himself he's right in the middle of of the fights all the time ducking and weaving Mm. out of the way there's one shot that i particularly liked which is um on Itō's, like the the camera that's normally strapped to your chest, looking back at you, but it's strapped yeah. to his back, yeah. looking over his yes. shoulder, yeah, kind of like a video game. Very, very cool. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to more specific favorite moments later, as per usual. But yeah, there, there's lots of wincing bits that kind of uh, <laughs> make you laugh. How how audacious oh, yeah. they are! How just ridiculously violent! Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. This film highly recommended from me, and well worth watching. Yeah.
0: Fully agreed. And Craig? Yeah, I, I mean, I love shit like this. <laughs> I enjoyed the ultraviolence and the and the gore on that level. I think I I have to agree there's some really cool inventive shots in this, but beyond the gimmicks and uh, the showy stuff, there's just some great cinematography going on as well. There's a bit where they pull over the van on the highway at kind of daybreak and it's quite heat-like, hmm. which I, I thought was really... Really beautiful, well shot. Me, personally, I don't find the story that thin. I I like stories like this, and I think this one leaves enough room for the characters to be a bit more nuanced than usual because they're kind of ambivalent. They have different competing, strong motives for doing what they're doing. Like It's quite clear that Ito, once he reunites with Reyna, doesn't have a ton of time for her. He's like, why do I do this? <laughs> Compared to all the other characters in her life that really want to look after her, obviously he does, and he gives everything for her. But also, yeah. he's not that interested in her personally. And then Arian, he, you know, ostensibly is there as the the antagonist, but also he he doesn't really want to be a success, does he? He wants he wants to rekindle the friendships that he had and move on and start again, but he's just not allowed to. And This is a time when I was confident watching the film that I would be able to tell you what my favourite scene was and whatever scene I picked you would have a backup for it. Everybody would be like, well yeah, that was great, but I'm happy to say that this other scene is my favourite because there were like four scenes that I could have said were my favourite scene easily. <laughs> mm. So yeah, personally, this is right up my alley. Ooh. I love characters like, like White Boy Bob. Yeah. Y- you get yeah, them, don't good. you? These zany characters. It's yeah. like Stephen in Braveheart, the guy who says he owns Ireland. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. A, a, little, a little crackpot in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> crackpot yeah. with a crack pipe. Yes.
1: <laughs> Great. Well, I think that's uh, fairly well-rounded um, reviews for everybody so far. And as I've already alluded to, for me, it's just a total thrill ride. I love it. I don't usually remember that many films I watch, brand new films that I haven't seen dozens of times already, but this one it just like firmly lodged in my brain, like somebody picked up a shard of glass and rammed it into my temple. Once it got going into the violence, you just can't look away. Like you've all said, choreography, fantastic. Cinematography, fantastic. Uh, lighting as well changes frequently through like a yeah. scene and you are just like, wow, there's one we'll get into afterwards. I was, I was going to pick out the one, the best of the best said about ito and when in, in the third person shot from behind him, exactly like a game. And it's just for about five seconds, 10 seconds. Yeah. And then they just don't use it again, but it's just like showing off. It's like going, look at this. <laughs> and then they're cr- straight back into the crazy fight scenes and it's just brilliant. To me, it feels like a natural descendant to Enter the Dragon and stuff like a full-on modern take on Enter the Dragon kind of thing. Mm. And I don't always approve of like hyper-violence and the blood and the, the gore and stuff because sometimes I feel like it's substituting for something else and the substance of the film, but I don't think it is with this film. I really, really thought the characters are really great. I love the, the old gang members all trying to come together again in different ways but then driven apart again. And I saw it last year when we were filming season four. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is going straight on the list.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, when we get to my next pick in a couple of weeks, I've selected a film that's kind of really well known for kind of gimmicky shots and transitions as well. And one of the things about this film that I noticed that I really liked was some really great transitions. Like after Mm. the the opening scene on the beach, it cuts without you realising it to a... Frame picture of a beach that's inside
1: oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Ito's
0: flat, and then later on there's a brilliant transition where Ito and Rena are having a chat on the kitchen floor, and you just see Arian's shadow come into frame, but he's actually in a different room in a different place completely.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if gimmicky is the right word. I think it was really inventive shots, like we, d- we discussed. I don't but, mean gimmicky again... as an
0: insult. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. Mm. But I mean as you said like the basics the, the establishing shots were creative, framed yeah. beautifully and yeah. yeah. I think for me that's a, a real highlight of the film.
1: Right. right, we'll get into um favorite sequences and we'll start with... Oh, just
2: before we do, I've got a recommendation. I've got it. Episode 12, season 4 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's called The Nightman Cometh and right. you'll have a lot more fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> The best, the best, the
1: best. Your favourite sequence, if you please. Uh, maybe just
3: double-check my notes to make sure it happens where I Tossle. think... <laughs> d- did, that, okay, yeah. did it actually
1: yeah. happen? Did I just dream it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> my favourite <laughs> moment is a very small thing from a larger sequence where Ito uh, walks into a pool game at the docks between a yeah. load of goons and proceeds to obviously smash seven bells out of all of them. But the the moment that has always stuck with me is when he grabs one of the pool balls off the table and just yeah. smashes that one guy's <laughs> teeth in. Yeah. So like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of bad stuff in this yeah. film, but that one, you, you can just feel it, can't you? My teeth are tingling yeah. just yeah. thinking oh, yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. hell. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, I,
0: I really like a satisfyingly brutal kick, and uh, we've discussed before, the best part of Louis Leterrier's Incredible Hulk is Hulk kicking Tim Roth <laughs> into a tree yes. the best part of yeah. um, Captain America, Winter Soldier for me, is when he jumps onto the ship at the start and kicks that guy into the... Oh, <laughs> there. <yeah. laughs> and there's a great example of that in The Night Comes For Us just after the fantastic uh, fight sequence with White Boy Bob and Fatty where Fatty finally escapes with... Oh, no, not with Reyna. He he catches up with Reyna, who's with his cousin. Yeah. And they've unfortunately been cornered by Alma, uh, with who she's got her razor string. But when, when Arian shows up, he puts <laughs> his coat on her head and just kicks her into yeah. that fucking door. And it, like, oh. breaks in half. And she's just limp instantly. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> just a complete full stop to that fight. It was, like... It was like fight punctuation, just boom. <laughs> that was lovely. Ben?
2: I don't remember exactly which fight this is from because there are a few fights throughout the film.
1: <laughs> is there? Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. But it's where <laughs> it's Ito funny. gets picked up and basically suplexed into a sink. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah it's with the it, operator, isn't it? It's yeah. incredible. Just, it happens yeah. so
2: quick. You, you you kind of blink and you miss it, but it's, uh, it was shot brilliantly and it's a yeah. uh, re- mm. real... Really smooth choreo- choreography. Yeah. 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 And it
0: doesn't look like a stunt sink either, does it? It breaks like perfectly no. in half, like a real ceramic <laughs> <Yeah>. sink would.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he, and after that, he's like, fuck, doesn't he? Totally. He just goes, oh, oh yeah. He sort of tries to drag himself up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> like, yeah, the sound engineering went...
2: as well is spot on. It's yeah. everything. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, they, that's everything it. Sounds... They have to
1: get that spot on because it's, yeah. it's the, some of the sounds are worse than the actual. Injuries and, and mortal wounds yeah. and stuff. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like uh, the best of best said about the cue ball or the um, getting smashed into the face of that guy. It's like, oof, the sound of it. <laughs> Fabulous. As for me, uh, my favourite scene is the operator standing off against Alma and uh, Elena, and yeah. particu- the best bit is where. I think it's um, Elena and her are fighting after she's taken care of Alma, and they're stood in front of a glass brick wall, and it's all lit up from behind with multicolored lights. And they pause, and then you go to the little neon light, and this fly goes, and then he keeps yeah. fighting again. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's great, <laughs> great.
2: That's kind of like punctuation as well. Yeah, the yeah. finger in that scene is. Filthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, she just
1: goes, oh, snap, fuck yeah.
0: off.
3: Oh, <laughs> Get her off, useless.
0: The thing that I was talking about that reminded me of Rambo is in the back of the police van when he tasers the guy and he, it causes him to shoot his buddy about 15 million times in the face and his face <laughs> yeah. just evaporates. Oh, yeah, it just
1: disappears.
0: <laughs> but the, that was the only minor letdown for me is that during that police van fight the doors of the police van didn't swing open because I think that would have just made that, if the, if the fight had started kind of spilling out onto the sides of the van, that would have been a lot of fun. But uh, probably
1: very dangerous. Yeah, like hanging onto the back door. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. liked
0: a bit of back door action, yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 Le <Cousin d'Angersus. laughs> All
1: right, we'll go on to favourite lines and we'll go to Ben.
2: Do you want me to say it in the original Indonesian or can I... Translate? Yeah, you, you can
1: say it in both if you, if you wish, yeah. Wow.
2: I don't want to show off, so I'll just stick to the English. OK. I didn't know what to expect with this film at all. I'd never heard of it, had no inkling what it was about. And it started off a little bit slow. I was like, all right. And then it kicks off with that fight in the strip club with Arian. Yeah. And he batters that guy who's disrespected the the woman in there. And then afterwards, Arian's on the phone and he apologises. He says, apologies, I was preoccupied. It's just like battered fifteen people. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the way, like that juxtaposition of this really frenetic fight and then this really calm line where he's answering the phone.
1: Yeah, nice, nice.
0: Uh, Craig, it's mainly for the delivery, but the moment when White Boy Bob, to save Shinta's life, pretends that they're breaking up to the other guys in lift, and he's like, Yeah, yeah fuck off, honey, off you go, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: it great. It's a nice bit of comic relief, out, isn't it? Yeah,
0: he's he's such good comic relief in that. Yeah. And obviously, like he is on a par with the rest of the cast in terms of his martial arts ability. So for him to play kind of the modern, sleazy equivalent of like a drunken master, you know, a, a, cr- a crack master, <laughs> I thought it was a really cool <laughs> idea.
2: Yeah, but you see, he's got a ton of heart as well. So you, you can't mm, yeah. help but root for him. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, great character. Yeah,
1: the best, the of best, the of best.
3: Well, uh, Craig took my favorite line from White body. You line. go, so, girl. I've got a very slight uh, second pick from Shen Wu, who uh, says, you know, this sounds like a fucking gangster movie. Yeah. Something, it, got, it got a little titter yeah. from me the
2: uh yeah me too yeah yeah Yeah, a little bit tangy for me that i was like yeah
0: Yeah, this is why the best the best the best and i enjoyed the matrix resurrections and no one else did we're like a bit of (laughs) messer, don't we
2: was keanu reeves just winking at you the whole time (laughs) yeah but
0: not in the movie i i was just watching it with him and he kept (laughs) tapping me on the shoulder and going hey hey what's this bit what's this bit and i was like i'm watching
2: it <laughs> you, could just, you could just hear his moist eyeball winking at him. <laughs>
1: My favorite lines from again from the sixties uh, operator showdown. The operator says, "You're gonna regret that." She says, "What for calling her a bitch?" No, for wearing white. Yeah. And then, uh, and then about two minutes later, she's getting garroted by her rope. Yeah. She's wired. Oh, Ruins her shirt, doesn't it?
2: They're not six Cs, are they? They are six Cs, yeah. I thought only Ito and Xian Wu were the two six Cs that were shown in it.
1: No, almost definitely no, six Cs. Yeah, the, the yeah. Other two were six Cs as uh, well. OK.
2: Yeah. Sounds like a cough medicine or a cough drop. <laughs> oh, get yourself a six Cs. You're thinking
1: of <laughs> 70s. 70s of royal, yeah. Well, there you go, that's
0: why. I'll be in the cold, dead ground before I recognise the Pacific Ocean is what somebody said <laughs> when they were making this film. <laughs>
1: Bosses Lackey and sixies, Shen Shenwu is on the hunt for Ito after Ito betrayed the triad by killing their men and protecting the child Reina. After eliminating all of his friends and leaving no place to go to ground, Ito is still alive. Despite expending dozens of men and after giving Aryan one last chance to kill Ito, he fails. Whilst his backup plan of two other E's, Alma and Elena, are also defeated by the mysterious Operator. The best, the best, the best. Was Chen Wu's plan all show and no go?
3: Yeah, I mean, you'd think that he would know his own man, Inito, wouldn't you? And that mm. he would be able to calculate that he's the best of his best and that mm. he needs some more manpower, maybe source manpower from, from elsewhere, maybe get some Yakuza in there, maybe some mafia guys. The guy that stands doing nothing for ages. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Just check, check the overhead storage. He might be in there, you never know. Well,
0: it seems <laughs> to me that like a lot of the gangs who first go around to beat up Fatty and White Boy Bob, they're not triad, are they? They're just local gangs, which is they're why when when hands. 60s show up, they change sides, don't they? They're like, fuck this, let's, let's team up and fight. You know, mm, this yeah. bitch coming out of the... The yeah.
2: Good luck trying to track who's killing who in this film. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's <pretty> <laughs> Can't say it matters. Don't really matter. does <laughs> not In the words of Begbie, it's obviously some cunt was going to kill some cunt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awful plan. Awful. I mean, all he's done is call Arian, who he knows has a relationship with Ito anyway. And then he's just sent streams, like wave after wave of his own men after them. <laughs> so it's kind of like the triad equivalent of a moth flying into a light bulb, forgetting about <laughs> it and then flying back into it. So for that, he only gets three florets of soft-boiled broccoli from me.
1: Three florins! Goodness gracious. Yeah. It's a harsh broccoli. Rockley harvest. Damn. Yeah. do you agree with that uh, summary, Craig?
0: Well, I think the major flaw in his plan is Arian, but not for the reasons that you said. I don't think it's incompetence that is the problem with Arian. I think it's his own kind of mixed loyalties, and more than more than loyalties, his own personal desires. I
2: just yeah. don't think he wants the 6C's position really. I think he hates the triad. That's what I thought he was, you know, if you put someone that's got history with the person you're trying to kill, there's always a chance it will go wrong, right? And that was what I I thought, rather than incompetence, it was the history.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously he does beat the absolute living shit out of Eto, but he has the opportunity to kill him and, and, you know, doesn't take it. And I think that's just because of his own kind of internal demons. Mm. It won't won't allow him to, to end it. So, yeah, that I think is the major flaw in his plan. And it's also the crux of his plan, if we're being honest. Yeah. Although he does send um, Alma and Elena, I guess he didn't know about the operator. And why is she even involved? I'm not. I'm not even sure I understand why where she comes
3: from or why.
2: I think she was just a smooth operator. He's right, <laughs> well,
3: that's that solved. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'd uh, agree with all. Uh bit of all what you said there. Arian is conflicted the whole way through and, uh, and he wears his emotions on his sleeve. It's not difficult to tell and obviously yeah, he lets him get away when really I think a more determined and steadfastly made up mind would have nailed Ito in the back as he walks out of the garage or the warehouse.
2: But he yeah. didn't so tough for him. What would you have done if you were Arian? Oh wait, let's find out after.
1: Do, 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 do. We have reached a point where we are about to unveil our own diabolical plans, where we compete for peril points. In the final scene, we see Ito safely place Reno on board a departing ship, Waver Off. He then gets back into his car to be confronted by Chen Wu, a more tried henchman. Grinning savagely, Ito floors his car towards them as they open fire where his fate and the triad's are left unknown. However, could we do any better? Ben, how would you solve Chen Wu's conundrum of Ito and the Operator?
2: After a day fraught with violence and chaos, Ito, the Operator and the girl are starving. They search for a restaurant nearby, but it's very late and everywhere seems closed. Except as fate would have it, for a peculiar mobile noodle cart nestled inconspicuously at the end of a dimly lit alley. The sign atop flickers in the evening breeze, promising a deal too good to ignore. Two for the price of one, and kids eat free. Behind the cart stands a vendor, his face obscured by a big floppy chef's hat and a pair of natty cataract glasses. It's Xian Wu, the formidable Six Seas Triad Man, unrecognisable in his ingenious disguise. With a flourish, he serves them generous portions of its finest noodles, their aroma a siren song to the hungry trio. The meal is a symphony of slurps and sighs of satisfaction. As they polish off the last strands of noodles, Shen Wu, with a magician's grace, mind you, presents them each with a fortune cookie Cracking open the cookies, they find messages that are oddly personal and profound. Itos reads, In the heat of adversity, your true strength will be forged. The operator says, Burn away doubt and fear, and let your confidence shine like a blazing inferno. The girl with a giggle reads hers aloud, Embrace the flame within you, for it is the spark of your greatest transformations. Intrigued and amused, they look up to find the vendor pointing a flamethrower at them. He pulls the trigger, burning Ito and the operator to a crisp and killing them dead in an instant. As he takes aim at the girl, her miserable face convinces him that she has been through enough. He takes her hand and leads her to the nearest electronic store where he buys a video camera. The next day, they begin their new venture together—a food blog. <laughs> Two bowls full becomes an instant sensation as they traverse the (laughs) Indonesian archipelago from the bustling streets of Jakarta to the serene rice fields of Bali. Each meal, a new chapter in their ongoing saga. Uh,
0: You had to have a happy ending, didn't you? You Yeah,
2: and after after I saw Chiam Wu eating noodles, the plan formed immediately in my mind. Oh, you better believe it. I've
0: killed
1: the kid in mine.
0: In a
2: mouse trap, a giant mousetrap.
1: Part of your plan there was what inspired me to go down the route I've done with mine. I thought, the only thing this film needs is a flamethrower. So I'm glad uh, I didn't use that in my plan. But it this doesn't
0: come up for tangent. a while, has it?
1: You used to think about flamethrowers quite a lot <laughs> back yeah, in I, season I, one. <laughs> I, have, I have used one in one of my plants, I think. I Yo, think you love is. a flamethrower.
2: That's yeah. famous. Everyone yeah. knows that.
1: Who doesn't, yeah. Just think, save my name, and you think of a flamethrower straight away. Have you seen
3: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Turner? Yeah. Uh, I bet you love yeah, the end yeah. of that, don't you? It's like, ah, <laughs> ah, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Ito wouldn't recognize uh, Chen Wu as the head of the Succeeds sort of thing. Isn't he He's like the number one?
2: Usually he would. Usually he yeah. doesn't wear disguise. a floppy chef's hat. <laughs> And cataract glasses. But also, Ito's had a long day of fighting, so his eyelids are a bit swollen. OK.
1: <laughs> what about the, op- the operator's in pretty good nick, though, isn't she?
2: Yeah, she's never met Wu. She's
1: she's looking for the six C's, isn't she? She's looking for all the six C's, so
2: she must know. Yeah, way, but that's, like... that's why she's never found them. She doesn't recognise them. <laughs> <laughs> OK.
0: It relies a bit on them not finding anywhere else to eat before they discover this back alley noodle place that's really well hidden.
2: I'm glad you said that, because what's really happened is that Shen Wu sent his men around to close all the other restaurants in the background. Uh, I had that that locked up in the bank, just in case that question came up. Good for you. There you go.
1: There you go. You did it. You did it. Uh, We'll move on to Craig please.
0: Shen Wu doesn't just want Ito and the operator dead. He and the triad bosses want to sow chaos in Jakarta, so they can step in and take control. On top of that, whoever joins the Six Seas needs to prove their loyalty to the Triad in a manner at least as convincing as Aryan killing his old friend Ito would be. Therefore, there is only one that fits the bill. Only one killer so efficient, one assassin so deadly, one soldier so loyal, one legend so chaotic that Chen Wu can trust to successfully do the job. Chen Wu sends Elena in to do what she does best with her cookery skills. Cookery as in the knife.
1: I was going to say, what she's
0: cooking. (laughs) Perfectly bisect a freshly baked (laughs) sub-roll down the middle. Chop up some crisp iceberg lettuce real nice. Slice some tomato, onions and cucumber while her just friend, Alma uses her razor string to slice some smoky cheeses and deli meats. They dress like sexy delivery drivers and take the perfect sandwich to Ito, who ravenously shares it with Raina, and that's when the killer strikes! Silent. Invisible. Think Joel Silver. (laughs) Think Lawrence Fishburne. You guessed it. The killer is Thrax, the deadly virus from Osmosis Jones. (laughs) <laughs> Unknown to Ito, Elena and Alma have wiped their asses for six seconds each with the delicious hoagie Which, let's be honest, even if he did know he'd probably still tuck in the dirty dog <laughs> <laughs> The microscopic particles of faeces carry hundreds of thraxes Way too many for David Hyde Pierce to deal with And it's not long before the pair are erupting violently from both ends Shitting themselves to death, <laughs> succumbing to dehydration the operator is confused and hungry when she discovers the scene, not having the presence of mind to disregard the half-eaten hero, which smells like yummy gooch, so she gobbles it down greedily. Her stomach gurgles a sad lament, and the last sound she hears is a squelchy little toot.
1: <laughs> so- I, I don't know who that baddie is because I don't think I've seen Austin Moses Jones or I might have seen it.
0: He's just a you know he's he's norovirus he's he's uh, COVID
1: nineteen he's he's this week's H one H one N one five one N one yeah whatever it is, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whichever the flavor of the month is, we all got to be scared of.
0: The flavor of the month is yummy gooch, but yeah, he's a he's a virus <laughs> from their butts.
1: Is it like um, road trip? Like stuff where he chucks the French toast up and catches it in his trousers and wipes it in, or is it like actual full on (laughs) poo? I don't remember that from Road Trip. Do you remember that? It's been a long time since I've seen Road Trip. I
2: remember it now you said
0: it, but I didn't remember it before. Imagine they both look clean and the sandwich looks appetizing enough, but it's the unseen stuff, isn't it? You know, what's on your kitchen counter, what's on your toilet seat? That's what's going to get you. And also, what's between the, the buttocks of um, Six Seas Assassins?
2: A couple of questions from me. Yeah. Rim jobs. How do you explain those? Rim jobs?
1: Rim jobs? Yeah. You, you how, much, how much detail do you I'm, want.
2: I've always wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the podcast. Well, well, well. I'm just taking this opportunity. Are you asking me why people who
0: deliver those don't get sick?
2: Yes.
1: And they probably have a wet wipe before they get, do those kind of things, don't they? Oh, they look clean enough.
0: That's the thing; they look clean enough. That's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, that's yeah. how they get you. That's
1: how they get you. A Wet wipe Perfect or a bubble plan. bath before and ideally afterwards. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and you shouldn't eat for a while, and you need to discuss that yeah. you're going to do it way in advance. Don't surprise your partner with a rim job, folks. No, no.
1: They
0: <laughs> a
2: might. bit of life advice from Diabolical Podcaster. <laughs> that's the quote for the episode. <laughs>
1: If you surprise them too much and they're ready to uh expel something you might surprise them i think we've finally quick. i say we
0: i've oh. finally gone too far for the best the
1: best of the best not enjoying this well at all. i did i did i did i did say at the start of this um episode that I think we've gone a bit averse yeah. to poo recently and I'm exactly. glad to see that's been redressed with your plan, so i'm very, I'm very yeah i promised you didn't i you did you did you, you kept your promise no well, matter my word <laughs> I gave you
2: Chekhov's log. <laughs> you're like you're like a podcast in Nostradamus <laughs> usually I would say you know it'd take ages to get ill blah 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 all these things in opposition but then I'm remembering I think you should leave where yeah. he talks about having poop on the receipt right <laughs> and he dies oh, like yeah. five minutes after
3: <laughs> <laughs> used one sheet to wipe the mud pie and now my stomach's <laughs> fucked <laughs> <laughs>
1: right any further questions for
2: craig i think that's
1: that's more than enough so we'll have uh, the best of the best the best please here we go i mean I'm still
3: laughing at mine sorry <laughs> 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 i mean i've asked arian to take care of the turncoat ito but a man doesn't rise to my position without an insurance policy or tea It's actually illegal to take out more than one insurance policy for the same object. But well, I am a criminal after all. (laughs) Since he appears to have a soft spot for innocent young children, I shall use that weakness to my advantage. I shall gather a cadre of young younglings and position them everywhere that I think Ito might hit. The slaughterhouse, Fatty's apartment block, the docks and what have you. Upon his arrival, he'll still pulverise every last one of my goons, naturally, but I can always get more of them, and in fact I shall. Whilst Ito is weeping like Brendan Fraser in Bedazzled at the sight of the several children and thus defenceless, another wave of my NPCs will swarm him and pull his arms and legs off or something. (laughs) He's no Monty Python Black Knight and therefore will swiftly perish thanks to my diabolical scheme. A few of the kids might get pulverised during this climactic melee, but I can always get more of them. And as for the (laughs) motorbike assassin known as the operator, well, I shall make use of the children again, only ones with slightly better assassination skills than her. (laughs) Then truly, the assassin shall become the assassinated. (laughs) By the children, I mean.
2: Thanks for clearing that up.
1: (laughs) So, in a nutshell...
3: In a nutshell, you place fake children to rescue in front of him everywhere that you think he might hit. Fake children? Well, they're they're real children, but they're they're on the Six Seas side. Holding lollipops. Oh, I see. To be children, child soldiers of the Six Seas. Right. Who disarm him metaphorically uh, in order for the grown up goons to pull his arms and legs off.
0: Right. How is it that? The Triad have been able to train children to be better assassins than the operator, who is shown in this film to be the the one person capable of besting
1: Lito. Yeah, but after he's had the shit kicked out of him loads of times.
3: Uh, time and money—that's all it takes. <laughs> a lot of time, a lot of time, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I got my mind set on you.
2: <laughs> What's the thing that separates adults and children? Well, in your case, it's a restraining order. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Oh.
3: Um, lots of things. Uh, muscles. Uh, yeah. Hair in different places. Bodily odour.
2: Keep digging your own grave, baby. Just keep digging in- your own grave. Intelligence. <laughs> Yeah, um... and probably the most important is time. Adults have been on the planet a lot longer than those little fellows. Hmm. So you say time and money. I put it to you, there is never enough time to make a child better than the operator. Well, okay.
0: Adults usually have more money than kids as well, don't they? Yeah.
2: Let's
3: say. Well, I've got way more money than my kids. (laughs) Let's say the operator. Let's say the operator is thirty years old. Yeah. Now you get four four ten year old kids. That's forty years right there. They've outgunned her by ten oh. years straight away. And I'm talking Yeah, I'm convinced that works. I'm talking like twenty kids per location here. So that's two hundred years of experience in the room.
1: Can you like glue them together to make them an experience? Wait,
2: if they kill an adult, even like the adult's tied up, mm. then those years transfer to the kid like a conquer. So yeah, yeah, like uh highlight. The like a yeah. <laughs> well, i prefer conquer the Highlander, but yeah, I think we're on the same page. That's, yeah, it makes uh, sense.
1: a very, very strange analogy. <laughs> I've got to say, mutant cradle. <laughs> That's
2: how I do all my skill checks. <laughs> like if if I talk to someone who's got eleven GCSEs and I stump them with a question, that means I've got eleven more GCSEs now. <laughs> So you must have eleven GCSEs by now. I've got four.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You'll stump someone one day. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, yes, that's a spirit. Any further questions for the best, the best, the best?
2: No, he's dug his own grave deep enough, I think. Incorrect. I've dug up puds.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna bring us on home. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. That's the old saying, isn't it? How about not bringing a gun to a rocket launcher fight? You see, Chen Wu isn't thinking big enough. All these close quarter battles play into Ito and the operator's hands. They're too good in tight spaces. And letting Ito drive his Mercedes at you, regardless of how many AK-47s you have, it's just plain silly. Especially when your minions have attended the Galactic Empire School of Marksmanship. Chen Wu attends a terrorist arms bazaar and buys a cackle of ex military weapons. He's got an old Cobra attack helicopter, a bloody big cargo plane, a couple of tanks, dozens of RPGs and some Stinger missiles. Then he employs some cold-blooded ex special Forces mercenaries to use all this clobber. There'll be no weaving through the traffic on your bike this time, operator. The Cobra Attack helicopter has you in its sights. Locked on but with several missiles and a 30mm cannon. You think you're going to drive your motor straight at me, Ito? So how about a 100 mm tank ground straight into your engine block, you cocksucker? A couple of RPGs, just to make sure you won't escape the wreckage. All those martial arts and brutal street fighting skills. A void against superior yeah. firepower. So they've they've got a shit-hot helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> C- Cobra attack helicopter. State-of-the-art bang-bang. You can't fault the
3: logic, I suppose, uh, unless you you happen to be James Bond. Quite difficult to defeat helicopter. Did you like the or terrorist
1: arms as Arms bizarre, yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice callback. <laughs> um, it's a lot
2: of money, though, isn't
1: it? It's a lot of money, but he needs to wipe him, Itto and the operator, off the face of the planet. And they can't rely on like $10 hoodlums with AK 47s and then people with like baseball bats and meat cleavers trying to do the job of trade professionals. Got to spend money to
2: make money, haven't you? Speculate to accumulate. But mm-hmm. Shen Wu, he's eating at out- outdoor noodle carts. He hasn't got, he hasn't got two <laughs> pennies to rub together. Yeah, <laughs> uh, old habits,
1: isn't it? That's why. All habits. He likes, right. you know. Still, it's still, yeah. t- still humble, really. But he's obviously got big problems as well.
2: Saving his money for attack helicopters.
1: Exactly.
0: The thing about ten dollar hoodlums with AKs is they kind of they stay under the radar. You know, nobody outside Jakarta cares about them. But they start buying attack helicopters and tanks. Suddenly, the UN are taking notice.
2: And and flying them into Jakarta.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He'll cook up some cockamamie story about, uh, you know, some sort of. Because he said he wants to create chaos in Jakarta anyway, doesn't he? Yeah. That's why he said, so I thought this would be a good start. Why have I got an
0: attack helicopter? It was a parade. Breaking my
1: balls, UN. Come on. Just uh, get in a helicopter, fly it off over the sea and just crash into the sea.
2: (laughs) Does the UN get involved in conflicts? Are you thinking of
0: NATO? Maybe. Jesus. You sound like fucking Clarkson. (laughs) Let's let's, let's be clear about which fucking international bodies do what, please. (laughs) Don't (laughs) confuse the listener. This is a
1: factual broadcast. You're listening to Diabolical Politics. (laughs) Right, okay.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot we have to vote. Yeah, we do.
1: (laughs) Well. Unless I'm very much mistaken, which I usually am, those schemes were groin-grabbingly diabolical. But there can only be one or two or three or four people that get the points this week. In summary, we had Ben's Noodle Trailer Flamethrower Food Blog. We had Craig's Osmosis Jones Shit Sandwich. We had The Best of the Best of the Best, Fake Orphans, Better Assassins. And we have my Big Guns Mercenary Plan. So can we please reveal who vote for? We're gonna go in reverse alphabetical order. So we'll start with the best, the best of the best, please. Well, much
3: though I was loath to do so, it seemed quite sneaky, and so I've drawn a turd with some flies around it with the name Craig.
0: Excellent.
1: Good turd. Cheers. Craig, please reveal who you voted for.
0: (laughs) I voted for, first of all, the plan that noticed the same thing that I did, which is that they be got to be hangry after all that fighting. And then also I enjoyed the idea that they would have a blog afterwards. So
2: I went, Ben.
1: Yay. Ben, who have you voted for?
2: Well, it's going to seem like a mutual tug-off. I voted for the sneaky plan that I thought, was it maybe... Wouldn't work exactly, but the idea of sneaking some kind of poison or or, uh, or virus into them would work. And so, I have voted for Clegg, and I have drawn a shit sandwich with some flies oh, sw- flying right. around it. Eww. Nice Spinal Tap references of everybody as well.
1: As as luck would have it. And as I said at the start, I think we've been missing Pooh for a while. So yeah. <laughs> with that with that plan, with that plan, he won my heart straight away and I voted for Craig.
0: It's a clean sweep, just like what Elena did to her <laughs> gooch.
1: <laughs> Okie dokie. So the best of the best of the best. What has that done for the diabolical leaderboard? Bit of a
3: change, bit of a change. However, Ooh. still in the lead with ten points we have Ben. So to now in joint second place, hush hush, one eight points each is myself <laughs> and Craig, and bringing mm-hmm. up the rear with the old sixer is this week's host Adam. Sixes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, how many
2: points have I got again? Ten. Ben ten. Oh, feels good. that's
1: a good show. That feels good. Uh, the best, the best, the best. You are picking next week's film. So, uh, what are we going to be watching? Next week, uh, we're going to be dipping our toes back into the
3: sea of horror. Oh. And we're going to be watching a wacky Italian horror film from Dario Argento named Phenomena. Ooh, lovely.
1: Ooh, lovely. Ooh, lovely old Dario Argento. He's lovely. He is.
3: Oh, I give him a big cuddle and a kiss on the I cheek. I, a I, slappy I, I, kiss. Oh, I, I might
1: squeeze his bum a little bit as well. <laughs> he was the originator of fun. the polysyllabic one-name horror film, of course. Mm.
3: Yeah. Tenebre, yeah. Phenomena, Suspiria, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. That's two words, you're not keeping up. <laughs> Plus the wrong director. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Whoa. No, there you
0: go, right. yes. you're back on track. <laughs>
1: And that about wraps things up for another week we are available across the socials on diabolicalpod so why not talk back to us you never know you might get a reply so until next week dear friends this sounds like a gangster movie don't you think lovely nice she's
0: a smooth
1: operator.
0: Ooh, marina
3: Ooh. I would do an What are these strange
0: enchantments that start whenever you're, you're near, oh, 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 oh.
3: Marina,
0: aquamarina? Oh, Marina. Why don't you whisper the words that
2: my heart is longing to hear? Yamiguchi.